Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we gather together, may your Holy Spirit speak to us. May you help us to see life from your perspective. May you lift the burdens that are on our hearts and minds. May you give us a sense of your presence and peace. May you help us to engage with you and also to engage with others with your love and your grace. Loving Father, open up our hearts and minds to who you are and to who you are calling us to be. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Today we're calling about a life. We've got a call on our life to have a life of different expectations. And this is a challenge for us because all of us have expectations. And yet, in the Beatitudes, Jesus kind of reveals something about himself and about God and about what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. And near the end of the Beatitudes, in verses 11 and 12, he says these words, Blessed are you when people insult you, when persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. What a strange way to be blessed. Would you think that's how God's blessing you? I know many people in the world and even some people who are, who are Christians were, are challenged by this. Because from an earthly perspective, from many people's perspective, we are blessed when things are going well, when life is good, when there's no problems, there's no issues. And yet Jesus says, blessed are you when people insult you. And what he's doing here is setting up a foundation, a foundation for his disciples to have godly expectations. Not expectations that come from your feelings, how you think should be. Not expectations that come from how the world sees stuff, but expectations that come from God and are shaped by God. And it's important to recognise this. Expectations affect us greatly. They have a huge impact on us. When situations and people live up to our expectations, we experience joy we like to talk about it and we develop even a deeper connection. But when expectations, when situations and people don't live up to our expectations, we experience disappointment. We often disengage with them or that situation. We often feel bad and we criticise now, I've just come back from a holiday and part of planning for a holiday, I look at TripAdvisor reviews and other reviews and you can see some people's expectations are greatly met by the promotions that they see and then what they experience. While other people, well, they're not too happy. One review said one time, uh, that what I read, um, this person must have used a wide camera lens because the room was a lot smaller than what was displayed. Or even the best one, I reckon, of disappointment was I was promised in this room that I have an ocean view and I turned up and I had an ocean view of a painting on the wall. 
And they were quite negative and they said, it ruined my holiday. Have you ever had expectations which have been highly met or disappointed? And this even happens in the church. I've had people who have disengaged from our congregation, disengaged from the church at times. And it's because we haven't met their expectations. Sometimes they're unhappy because we don't play music to their standards or the style of music they like. Sometimes it's the time. Sometimes it's other issues. But the truth is expectations affect us greatly. And this is what Jesus is dealing with as he prepares his disciples. So a question for us as we live our lives is to think about, so what is shaping your expectations? What is shaping your expectations? When I was on holidays um, in Fiji, I went to, we went, Veronica and I went to a, a church on a Sunday um, and we knew before we went there, we, nothing was going to be in English. What we did know was the singing was probably going to be pretty good. And it was. And there was this large church building, which we've discovered. Now, what helped us was a gentleman came out at the start. Um, before worship, we arrived early and he's talking in, he was a steward. And he said, look, I'm sorry, nothing's going to be in English. Is that okay? And I go, we expect that. Um, and then he said something which was a bit helpful, encouraging. He said, look, this building has been built for the whole district of our church. Um, that's why it's so large. We won't fill it. They only have a small portion of the people. And they all worship joyfully in that place. Our expectations were set because he encouraged us to understand life from their perspective. And that's what Jesus is doing here in the Beatitudes. But I'd encourage you to think about what is shaping your expectations. Is it worldly things? Is it what other people say? Is it um, what you believe church should be? Is it a vision? You know, sometimes people come from another place and they have a particular vision of what church should be and they get disappointed because it doesn't meet their expectations. But can I encourage you, and this is why we have this question at the end of our worship services, what has God been saying to you today? That every time you come to worship, ask that one question. Make that your priority to listen to what God has been saying to you today. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 to 12, as we listen to Jesus, he is shaping our expectations of God. He is telling us what God's position description actually is is, what character God has, and what it means to live as disciples and people who are part of God's kingdom. Now, this is important in the context, because in the context, we have people, Matthew is written primarily to a Jewish audience, we have people who have a perception of God already, shaped by something else, and along comes comes Jesus, and what he's trying to do, what he's aiming to do is to change that to influence them, to encourage them. And that's what he's trying to do with us every time we engage with scriptures, every time we worship. Here's some key points to remember before we have a bit closer look at these Beatitudes. Remember, this is at the start of Jesus' ministry. You know, the last couple of weeks you've heard him 
heard stories about Jesus calling his disciples. By this stage, he's got a He's got his disciples together, his group of people, but he's also got a, a gathering of people who are following him, who are listening to him. Now, what we hear today is Jesus has, sees the crowds and goes up to the mountain with his disciples and he teaches them with the Beatitudes. But before he's done this in today's reading, what he's also done is he's revealed something important. He said, and this is important to take notice of, is the kingdom of heaven is near. The kingdom of heaven is present is close by. And that's to confront a belief that heaven's somewhere in the distance and earth is somewhere here and terrible. But rather, the kingdom of heaven is present wherever Jesus is present. Now, things are going to get challenging because we see this throughout Jesus' ministry. He's always trying to help people see that life from his perspective, from God's perspective, is different to worldly perspective. Because I often view God, the divine, if God is prevalent, everything's perfect, nice, neat, orderly. But with Jesus, things are a bit different, a bit messy. The third thing to, to keep in mind and remember is this. The word blessed can also be translated as happy, fortunate, brings joy, finds favour with God. Now think about what we heard earlier, that Jesus said, blessed are the persecuted. Blessed are those uh, that you find favour with God if you're persecuted. But what's even more important to understand when you look through the New Testament is that when the word blessed is mentioned, it is always a gift from God. It's always a gift from God. Whether it's earthly blessings or spiritual blessings, it's always a gift from God. And I'll come back to this because this is important as we unpack this idea of being blessed. We have a problem though when it comes to blessings. We often limit what is blessings. We often have a very narrow perspective of what is blessings. We often see blessings as being well off. You know, we see somebody well off and we go, oh, they're blessed. Or they might have good looks. They're blessed. Or their life may be comfortable. Or we're perceived to be comfortable and we say they're blessed. Or they have a good family relationships. We say, oh, they're blessed. Your family is such a blessing. Or they have a good job. Or a good house. Or being well treated. Or we may, whatever human success is, whatever you think success is, and you've achieved that, you may think is blessed. Now don't get me wrong, these blessings are all gifts from God. They're things to be thankful for. And that's important, is that if you believe you're blessed in any way, give thanks to God for that. Give thanks to God for what you have, for who's around you, for the blessings, the good things in your life. Because the scriptures do talk about that everything good is a gift from God. But here's the problem and here's the difficulty is many people limit their expectations of God on those earthly blessings. They limit 
and view life only from the perspective of those earthly blessings. And they have challenges and troubles when God calls us to see life from a different perspective. And that's what Jesus is doing with the Beatitudes today. Jesus invites us to see life from a kingdom of heaven focus, not just limited to earthly blessings. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So I ask you again, where's your expectations of God's blessings coming from? Are they coming from God? Or are they coming from what the world says? Jesus invites us to see a life from a kingdom of heaven focus. Blessed comes from the presence of God in all situations, good and bad. Now, I don't know anyone, I don't know anyone who says, my goal for this year is to be poor in spirit. It's not about us striving to be poor in spirit, but about us thinking about when we are poor in spirit, when we do experience difficulties and troubles, is to look for where God is at work, where God is doing things. And sometimes it takes hindsight to see that. Sometimes it takes the wisdom of somebody else, but be cautious of telling somebody else that they are blessed when they're going through problems because that's not always the most helpful. If my wife says to me, oh, Richard, you've got to see the good in the, when you're going through a bad patch, I don't always react the best. I say, I should listen to her, but I don't always. But remember this, that what Jesus is highlighting is we are blessed. Not because of our experience, not because of what happens to us, but because of the presence of God in all situations. Remember, God is in every situation, good and bad we face. When we face good, it's important to remember because often we can be quite boastful. Look what I've achieved. Look how good I am. Well, look how good they are. How about we follow what we heard in 1 Corinthians? Let us boast in the Lord. I thank God that this has been able to happen. The second thing where Jesus is talking about is blessed comes from living with this kingdom of heaven focused. Being truly blessed is about seeing life from the perspective of God's perspective. Think about your relationships. Think about the situations you face. Do you ever consider how God might be calling you to be a disciple of showing his grace and love and helping people connect with him and his church in some of your in your relationships that you're in, even those difficult ones. I have a couple of friends from uni days and others, and from my earlier days before I was a pastor, who are not Christian, and I continue to be friends with them and continue to try to think about how can I help them engage with God. And it's a long-term process, and occasionally one of them might say something. I don't like Christianity, but if I was to go to church, I'd probably choose your church. And I ask them why. And it's often because of the perspective of how I've shared God with them. 
not because I've done anything wonderful, but because what they have known about God is often through the media, through a very a, a judgmental God is their view, but they've heard something different. And that's because some of the times I've tried to have this kingdom focus for my relationships. And can I encourage you to do the same? But there's one other thing that's sometimes missed with the Beatitudes. Often the Beatitudes are picked up as, oh, this is what we have to do, or oh, this is about us. But before we go there, we first should remember this. The Beatitudes help us see how Jesus' life is a blessing. Remember, Jesus is preparing his disciples. People are going to follow him and go the hard roads with him. Sometimes not that good. And he's helping them see that what he's doing is legitimate, is from God and is God at work because he is God. Because if you go through the New Testament, what you see also is this. Jesus keeps his focus on the kingdom of heaven. You know, he, he constantly is focused on why he's there, to go to Jerusalem on the cross. Secondly, when he's on the cross, he's poor in spirit. When Lazarus dies, he mourns. He's meek and humble. Remember the time that he's in the Garden of Gethsemane where he's about to be arrested and Peter cuts off the ear of someone. Peter wants to take on these people about to arrest him and Jesus takes a more humble and meek approach. He thirsts for righteousness, Romans reminds us, that he's this desire that we may have righteousness. He is merciful. He's pure in heart. He is the true peacemaker. And when we're talking about peacemaking, he's not talking about oh, let's all just be friends and I'll let you get away with what you like. He's talking about reconciliation with God. And we know a major part of Jesus' story, he's persecuted because of his righteousness. And so the Beatitudes start to help the disciples see God from a different perspective. Sometimes people call this the hidden God because from the world's perspective, it doesn't look like Jesus is God. And yet, he is. He actually has a different approach to what the world is expecting. So think about what this means for us in your thoughts about God. And as I mentioned before, it's not about us striving to be poor in spirit or striving to be mourning. In fact, most of these things will happen to us. You know, we, there'll be times where we are poor in spirit. There'll be our times where we are mourning, missing someone we loved. There'll be times where we need to be meek and humble, though. When we experience poor in spirit, when we experience mourning, when we experience being meek and humble. Now, meek and humble, this is not usually a quality for many people. They're seen as something good. But remember, you can be meek and humble without being weak. You can be meek and humble by being focused on what God has called you to do and who God has called you to be. 
meek and humble, one, someone once said to me, comes from the perspective of you've got surety of your calling in life. When we experience the thirst for righteousness, and that often arises when we see an injustice happening, when we experience mercy, when we experience the pure in heart, when we experience true peacemaking, when we experience being persecuted because of righteousness. And I do have a, a proviso here as well that we need to be careful of. Many Christians often want to take on the world, be completely a take on the world and fight the world and say everything in the world's evil and sinful. That seems to be, though, a neglection that God has been at work in the world. There are many good things in the world. God has created this world and is working through people. And some people, in doing so, justify their actions of, ah, I'm being persecuted because of my righteousness. We be persecuted because of God's grace in the world and us sharing that grace. Remember, when we experience these things, remember God is present all the time. He hasn't neglected us. One of the problems for many people back then and now is that when life gets tough, when problems occur, we often think God isn't present or God's not doing his work. I have a friend who works in aid agencies and he, I remember a number of years ago he said the question that often arises if if there's a famine in Ethiopia where is God? Why isn't God there? It was a question some people asked and his response was have a look at the people who are helping those going through the famine. That's where God is present. Have a look at those who are caring for each other. Have a look at those who are under stress, who are experiencing the famine, also going out of their way to help others. That's where God is present. Also, when we experience these things that are raised in the Beatitudes, look for what God is doing and the blessings he gives us and others. Sometimes it can be hard to see the blessings during difficult times because we're in the midst of it. I often find older people often have some wisdom about this and say, look, you know, I had some really tough times. Now, sometimes I'll say, oh, you know, one of the problems with our younger generation is they need to experience some tough times to truly experience blessings. Well, I had one lady said to me, I don't wish my tough times on anyone. But God still blessed me through those. Look for what God is doing amongst the, the difficulties and the blessings he gives. Be thankful for those. And if God has used somebody to bless you during those difficult times, encourage them. Let them know that, that God has used you them to help you. And so what does this mean for us as we live? What are some thoughts? Well, here's three questions I want to leave you with. First of all, what does it mean for you to live with a kingdom of heaven focus in all the situations you face? What does it mean for you to live with a focus of the kingdom of heaven that God has called you to be a disciple of Jesus, to make disciples, to share his love and grace with all the relationships you have and in all the situations you face?
What does it mean for you to develop healthy kingdom of heaven shaped expectations? One of our challenges, we get inundated by lots of stuff. We have people telling us how life should be. We have the news media telling us how life should be. We have our history kind of sometimes telling us how life should be. We have our own personal feelings. We have jealousy telling us how life should be. But what does it mean for us to develop healthy kingdom-shaped expectations of life? Probably the best way is to engage with Jesus through the scriptures and worship. To be part of God's community and to say, God, keep shaping me. None of us are ever going to get it perfect at any stage, but what's going to happen is that the more we engage with God, the more we worship regularly, the more we read those scriptures regularly, the more God will influence us and how life is to be. And the third thing is how might we help others see God bringing blessings even during ours and their difficult times? Be careful how you do this because as I mentioned earlier, some people, when they're in the midst of difficulty and you say, oh, don't worry, God loves you and blesses you, and that's all you say, may not, you need to pick your timing. It's good to say God loves you and God is with you, but also help them. You know, help them during those times. Remember one lady saying to me, um, who was going through a difficult time, she said, look, I love hearing God's with me during these difficult times. And God, I love hearing God loves me. But it also has the greatest impact on me when somebody went out of their way to spend some time with me, to put up with my grumpiness and also to provide something I needed at the very time. You see, being blessed is not about you having it all together. It's not about me or you having everything we need. But being blessed is truly about trusting God and relying on God. Being blessed is being in the presence of God and being shaped by his grace and love. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the presence you are in our lives. We thank you for the blessings that gives us. Lord, as we encounter life, as we encounter the good and the difficulties, continue to remind us that you are present with us, that you have not neglected us. Help us to see life from your perspective. Help us not to strive for the things that are important in this world that are contrary to how you go about life. And Lord, where our earthly blessings get in the road of our spiritual and eternal blessings, reshape our focus, reshape our expectations. And we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for what he does. We thank you that he's the the role model of all the Beatitudes. But we also pray that you help us to continue to know we are blessed even amongst the most difficult times of our lives. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.